0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dalla Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty.
1: I would like to start the sermon with the scripture, Acts chapter 2, 40 to 47. Actually, read from 41st. And with many other words, he testified and exhausted them, saying, Be safe from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or teachings and fellowship. In the breaking of bread that we just observed a while ago. And in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. They have the fear of God. They don't want to sin against God. And many wonders... And signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And so their possessions and good and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, they were generous. These believers in the early church, the first church in the world, were generous. They were devoted to the word of God, devoted to fellowship, to prayer, and they love one another, they help one another, and they also live together in unity, in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. That's why we have lunch today. They ate together. We're going to eat together. Praising God, they love to worship and praise God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. From this scripture, we can see the grace of God upon the church, that they had more souls saved, people helped each other, they lived together in unity. They devoted themselves to the teaching. At that generation, they did not have mp 3 Or internet and website like today, YouTube and podcasts. So they have to come to church to listen to the teaching of the apostles. But today we have all kinds of technologies the MP3, iPod, iPad, the smartphone, YouTube. We can devote ourselves to the teaching in the church. I would like to encourage all of you to devote yourself to the teaching. And to the fellowship, get involved in the small fellowship, like care groups. And in prayer, you pray together, love one another, and live together in unity. That's how the grace of God flow into the church. How many people want to have more grace in your life? We need to practice what the Bible say. And the concluded statement about the first church in the world is in Acts chapter 4. 32 to 33. Now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Again, unity in their heart, in their soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was of his own, but they had all things in common. They love one another, they share, they help each other in the church. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. You see the condition of the early church. Great grace was upon everybody, not just only the preacher or leader or deacons and elders, but even on the new believers, on the old believers, young or old. The grace of God, was upon them all. And not little grace, great grace was upon them all. There are different degrees of grace in people's life. And I pray that you have hunger to desire more grace from God. Every day when I wake up, I pray, God, give me more grace so that I can be better servant of God. I can be a better husband and better pastor I need your grace. I ask God for more grace every single day because I know that I, even though I have a measure of grace, but God can give me grace upon grace, favor upon favor, blessing upon blessing. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 12. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 15, in the light of the king's face is life. And his favor, you need to understand that the same Hebrew and Greek language that is translated grace is also translated favor. And his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. The Bible talks about grace, compare the grace to dew. Dew is water condensation on the grass or on the leaf of the tree in the morning. And the dew can be so light that you barely perceive it. Or it can be so thick that it drips off from the grass like a rain. The cloud can be so thick with the heavy rain or very light rain. So the Bible tried to compare the grace to something that has different degrees. We all have different degrees of grace. But we can expect to have great grace, more grace in our life. As a believer, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And you have a mesh of grace already. You may not even recognize that the grace of God is working in your life. You don't recognize it. The grace of God helped you sometime in your job, in your driving, your transportation, in your family. But we need to learn how to recognize the grace of God. Receive more grace so that the grace of God can work in our life more. We can tell, we can perceive, we can discern that, wow, this is really the grace of God that is working for me, working in my life. I and Pastor Dan know that we have so much grace lately from God. We see the things that happened in our life around us. We see the grace of God upon our life. How do we know? that the grace of God is working in our life. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you get into the situation and you feel that somebody is helping you, God stretch out his hand to work in the heart of people to help you. You know, that is the grace of God. The grace of God gives us help in the time of need. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.1 You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The grace of God gives us strength to be able to handle things in our life. The strength from the Lord. We are strong because of the grace of God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 Therefore, since we are receiving A kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. Everyone say acceptable. With reverence and godly fear. The grace of God not only gives us help and strength. The grace of God enables us to be able to do things that please God. The grace of God enables us to be able to do things on the excellent level that is pleasing and acceptable to God. In other words, the grace of God helps us to do a better job than before. You may be able to teach the Bible. Then you can teach better than before. More acceptable to God. In a higher level of excellency. You see, the grace of God improved your life. make your life better. After I share like this, I hope that you all desire for more grace. Everyone say, The Lord... I seek for more grace. I pray that you all have that hunger to receive more grace. What happened if we receive 10%, 20% or twice of the grace that we have in year 2014 and this year we have 10% more, 20% more or double or twice of the grace in year 2014. What happened to us? In conclusion, with more grace the things that used to be very difficult for us to do, to handle, it will be a piece of cake, easy. With more grace, the things that we were not able to do at all, we will be able to do it. With more grace, we can receive any miracles and healing and provision. With more grace, we will be able to wipe out or overcome All the temptations and trials and any weak area of our life that we were falling in or we were making mistakes in the past, we are able to rise up with strength and overcome those weak areas of our life with more grace. With more grace, we can become a stronger believer that can get the job done for the Lord. What is the grace of God? According to the Bible, the grace of God is the presence of God on our life and with us. The grace of God is the presence of God. That's why I say that every believer has a measure of the grace of God. Because once you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwell on the inside of you. But all the believers have different measure of the presence of God in their life. We all have the different thickness of the anointing, thickness of the tangible presence of God. I noticed that these past few years, I have more thicker presence of God upon my life. Even when I drive, I perform surgery, I sense the presence of God on my skin. I sense the presence of God on my body almost all the time now because He gives me more grace, the presence of God. We can see that in the Bible, in the book of Exodus chapter 33, at that time, the Lord was so upset with the children of Israel. The Lord delivered them out of the hand of Pharaoh, the Egyptian army. But they were very stiff-necked and hard-headed people. They were very rebellious and complaining people. They make a golden calf and worship that golden calf. The Lord met Moses on a mountain, And say to him, I have enough of these people. I'm going to let them go to the promised land by themselves. My presence will not go with them anymore. I may graciously send the angel to be with them. But my presence will not go with these children of Israel any longer. That's what God spoke to Moses. Look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 13 to 16. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight. Everyone say grace. Grace. Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. In other words, Moses was crying out to God, pleading with God for more grace, for the mercy and the grace of God. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Moses said that if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay here. I pray like this. If your presence is not in this meeting at church on Sunday, I don't want to have a service. It's just another religious service, another tradition. We want the presence of God to be with us everywhere in everything we do. We want the presence of God. Amen. We need the grace of God. And Moses said, without your presence the people in the world will know that we don't have the grace. We find your grace because your presence comes along with us. Yes, listen carefully. Yes, God is omnipresence. God is everywhere. Yes, God is with you if you are a believer. Yes, God is in you by the Spirit. And He never leaves you. And He never forsakes you. But, There is the, we call, manifest presence of God. Even though God is everywhere, but His manifest presence that people can feel, people can sense, is not everywhere. The manifest presence of God can come upon people at a different measure. For example, my wife is in this room. She may be far away in the back of the room and I don't see her. Is her presence here? Yes. It's different between she is out there in this room with me from she is with me here and hug me. When God's presence is strong, come close to you, thicker presence, you sense his presence. He may be in the room, but you don't sense his presence. That's why when you go to different churches, sometimes you walk into the build, church building You sit there, you don't feel anything. You don't feel the presence of God because the presence of God is very, very small measure there. But you walk into certain place, certain meeting. Oh, you walk into the door. You, I can sense the presence of God. I remember when I first met the fire of God many years ago, around 1998. I went to a revival meeting all the time in the southeast of America. Because at that time, I did not know much about the file of God. And I went there. At that one moment, I walked to the preacher who carried the file of God all over the world. This man was much more anointed than me. I never forget. I walked close to him to shake his hand. Right away, I felt strong presence of God. My whole body like, who? this man really carried thick presence of God. It spilled on me. The presence of God. When I walk far away, I sense the presence of God decrease. When I walk close to him, you sense the presence of God thicker again. This man carry the grace. That's why he has shaken many, many places and cities around the world because he has so much grace or the presence of God upon his life. Amen? So we should desire for the thicker presence of God upon our life so that we can have more grace in our life. The grace of God can be so light that we barely perceive it. But the grace can be so heavy and so real to you that wherever you go, you don't go by yourself. You cannot boast that I'm a great guy. You cannot boast that you're a smart person or highly educated person. You go everywhere with the presence of the king of all kings. Thick presence, so thick that the presence of God will work in the heart of people around you to give you favor. The presence of God will open the door for you to get the job done for you. Wherever you go, the presence of God works work for you. When I read, I prepare this sermon, I'm thinking about if my daughter Joy goes to London by herself. It's different between Joy walking Harrod with me The dad who has a big credit card is different. You go without the presence of the father or you go with the presence of the father. The father is a walk around with a big credit card here in the wallet. So joy can do more at Herod with the dad than without the dad. Is that true? The same principle. You walk around with the presence of your father in heaven. The thick presence with the big credit card, with the big power, with the big grace, with the big good things. Oh, I tell you, I love it. I love to walk around in the world with the presence of my heavenly Father around me. Amen? We don't deserve the grace of God. We receive the grace of God by His kindness and mercy. The presence of God brings healing, life, strength, help, Ability, everything. We need the thicker presence of God in our life. When we show up, He show up with us. How many people want that kind of lifestyle? Everywhere you show up, He show up with you. That's great. Amen? Without the presence of God, no matter how hard you try to work, how much you try to do the job, it can end up being disaster. It can end up to be dead and dry. But when the presence of God is there, He shows up and is going to be full of life. Thank God that He wants to give us more grace. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 to 7. I'm going to read from New King James Version first. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He shows us in Him before the foundation of the world. That is... We should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Everyone say love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory. What is the glory? The word glory means the presence of God, the tangible presence of God, the glory of His grace, by which, by the thick presence, by the tangible presence of God, the grace of God, He has made us accepted in the beloved. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Everyone say, riches of His grace. God has riches of His grace for, for us. We need to learn how to receive more grace. You notice the word grace in verse 6 and verse 7. Now let me read from New Century Version. Because of his love. Everyone say again, love. God has already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. That was what he wanted and what pleased him. And to bring praise to God because of his wonderful grace. We can bring Praise to God by His wonderful grace. God gave that grace to us freely. Everyone say freely. In Christ, the one He loves. You notice the connection between grace and love here. He gives us grace because He loves us. In Christ, we are set free by the blood of His death. And so we have forgiveness of sin. How rich is God's grace. The word grace And the word love are inseparable. We receive the grace from God because of his love. He loves us. That's why he gives us grace. Actually, grace is the gift. You don't earn it. You don't try to do something to get it. He is giving us by love. Free, free gift. But what should we do in order to receive more gift from God? That's what we're going to learn today and have learned in the past. How many people know that the greatest manifestation of love is giving? If you love somebody, you give anything. You give your time, you give your devotion, you give your help, you give your commitment, loyalty, and faithfulness because you love. I am Pastor Da. in this past 30 years of being a Christian we never forsake anybody. People may forsake us, but we never forsake anybody because we love people. We cannot force people to love us, but we make a decision. We're going to love and give our life to them. We spend and we are spent for them. Amen? Because of love. John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not say like this in the Bible. I loved you so much. I yell from heaven. I loved you. I have good feeling about you. And then stop. He did not just yell from heaven. I have good feeling about you. But he took action. He gave his only son. He is a giver. He loved, therefore he gave. Grace is the gift from the love of God. 1 John chapter 4 verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. This is one of my prayers for the members of our church that all of you shall experience, believe and walk in the love of God. Because the more you experience his love, the more you shall love him. Amen. I want you to love God with all your heart. I want you to dedicate your life to God. And we cannot force you. God cannot force you. You need to experience His love. In the past many sermons, we have learned a few principles of how to receive more grace. Humility. Faithfulness. Loyalty. And love. Today, I will give another example in the Bible. As somebody in the Bible received so much grace from God. We have studied the Old Testament. Today I'm going to talk about New Testament. Somebody received special favor from God because he has all three characteristics. He is humble. He is very loving to Jesus. And he is also faithful. At one time, Jesus spent all night praying, seeking God's, the Father direction. The next day, after he received the direction from the Father, he shows the 12 disciples. Out of the, all the disciples, we call 12 apostles. Out of the 12 apostles, there are three inner circle apostles. Do you know who they are? Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John are closer to Jesus than the other nine apostles. They were so close, we call inner circle. Wow, if I live 2,000 years ago, I want to be chosen by God to be in the inner circle like Peter, James, and John. i give you an example. When Jairus wanted Jesus to come to his home to raise his daughter up from the dead, resurrected her, Jesus allowed only Peter, James, and John to get into the room where the dead body was lying on the bed. He did not allow any other apostle to get into that room. He gave the special favor and grace to Peter, James, and John. One time, when Jesus went up on the mountain and he was transfigured with the glory of God, Moses and Elijah showed up. And greeted Jesus at the mountain. Do you know who were up there with Jesus during his transfiguration? Peter, James, and John. Do you know that when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went with the 12 disciples, the apostles. And then he invited three special guys who go deeper further into the garden in order to pray with him. Mark chapter 14, 33 to 34. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul, this is in the garden of Gethsemane, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. Wow. These three apostles... Had a special grace from God. You remember grace and favor mean the presence of God. They had a special relationship, closeness to the Master. They went to many places, certain places, where no other disciple and apostle could get in. They were involved in activities that no other people could see because God gave them special grace. Special favor. Inner circle. To be around Jesus so closely. They enjoy a closer relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ more than the others. God's grace or the presence of God, the presence at that time, the presence of Jesus Christ was with them in the deeper and closer way. Greater grace means that He is allowing you and I to be closer to Him. Or He comes closer to you. The presence of God is thicker and closer to you than other people. He allows them to get involved in many things that other people cannot get involved. Again, grace is not work. Grace is love. You don't gain grace by working. You gain grace by humility, love, and faithfulness. But when you have more grace, you can do more. Because God will allow you to get involved in the things that no other people can get involved with. He opened the door for you to be around with Him and get involved in certain activities and ministry that other people would not see. Because of the grace of God. He allows you to be a part of His works That nobody else can get involved with. That's what happened to Peter, James, and John. My question is this. Did Jesus love Peter, James, and John more than other apostles? The other nine apostles? I believe the answer is no. Jesus loved all the apostles. But there must be reasons known to him. And today we're going to know it. Known to Jesus in his heart at that time. Why he gave so much favor and grace to Peter, James, and John. And I teach you today that you're going to be Peter, James, and John in this generation. That God going to give you favor, special favor. <laughs> Amen? The story is not done yet. Out of the three, there, is, there was one that even closer to Jesus than Peter and James. Out of the three, okay, 12, three close to Jesus. But out of the three, one was closest to Jesus. Even greater grace than Peter and James. And his name is John. John chapter 20, verse 2. Wow, when I prepared this sermon, I cried and cried and cried. Because I want to be like John. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter. And to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved. Everyone say, whom Jesus loved. And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Who wrote this scripture? John, the Apostle John. Did Apostle John call himself in this scripture, me? He did not call himself me. He called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. He emphasized it, that he is the disciple whom Jesus loved. The complete English version say, Jesus' favorite disciple. So in other words, John say, I am the favorite one. I'm closest to the master. Ooh, I want to be that person. I want to be the favorite disciple in the 21st century. Amen. And we're going to see together why John was picked by Jesus to be the favorite disciple. John chapter 21, verse 20. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. Again, call himself, this is the second scripture. He did not call himself me or John. He called himself disciple whom Jesus loved or the favorite disciple of Jesus. Who also has leaned On his breast at the supper. And said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you. John is the favorite disciple. Had received more grace, more favor from the master, the Lord Jesus Christ. In that generation, they did not have chair and table like today. When they ate supper together, they would sit on the floor and lean their body on the elbow. Like this. They did not have table and chair like today. And the Bible says John was so close to Jesus to the point that when he leaned his body, he put his head on the chest of the master. Some of you may think that this is crazy. You lean your head on your pastor? That close? That you want to be close to your pastor, your master that much? Lean your head on the chest? Of Jesus Christ. Wow. This man loved the master so much. It's like King David. Loved the Lord with all his heart. He wanted to have intimacy. He wanted to be so close to the master. He wanted to have that close fellowship. Relationship with the master. When the men came to arrest Jesus. And to take him to the high priest's home for the trial. Every disciple ran away. Peter tried to follow Jesus from afar off, from a distance, looking what happened. They're all gone. No disciple were found because they're all gone. But you know what happened to John? John loved his master so much, and he was so faithful and loyal. John was still standing at the gate. Of the house of the high priest. John was seeing the whole mob trial going on there. He was there while other people ran away. And Peter kind of tried to be far away so that no one could see him. But John was there in the midst of the crowd. At the foot of the cross... Mary and other women were standing there watching Jesus being crucified. Who else was standing there with Mary and other women? John chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. Wow, this sermon was so moving in my heart. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved again the third time the bible called John the disciple whom he loved standing by other disciple disappear peter disappear only John faithful loyal love the master he committed he is not afraid of death He said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Your son means John. Then he said to the disciple, which means John, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. In other words, John loved Jesus so much that he took care of his mom. His love took action. He loved the master that he was willing to take his mom into his home and look after her for the rest of her life. That's why John received greater grace than all the other 11 apostles in the Bible. Who was there? at the foot of the cross, John the Apostle. And when Jesus was raised from the dead and disappeared from the tomb, who was the first one who say, I believe that Jesus was resurrected. Look at John chapter 20, verses 1 to 8. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. While it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb, then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. So they thought that the Roman soldier or somebody stole the body of Jesus Christ. And we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, which means John, and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. And the other disciple, which means John, outran Peter. Wow. He was so in love with the master. He outran Peter. You know, Peter was a kind of very active man. But John outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there. And yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, following John, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, John, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw, and... Believed. Believe what? Believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. John had a closer relationship with the Lord. He was seeing things that other disciples did not see. He was involved and participating in the things that the other disciples were not. If you read the epistle of John, Epistle of John 1, 2, and 3 you notice that he emphasized these words. Love, fellowship, abiding, staying. The whole scripture in the book of John and the epistle of first letter of John, second and third John, if you read all these books in the Bible, you can notice that John emphasized abiding, staying, love, and fellowship. He repeatedly emphasized this word, love, fellowship with God. By the grace of God, John had a special grace from him. Why? Why he get closer to the Lord more than other people? You you see, more grace means thicker presence, closer relationship with God. The presence of God is around you all the time. You will be where no one will see. You will get involved with the function of God that no one else can get involved with because the presence of God... Is close to you. After this sermon, I pray that you will desire to have that relationship with God. Desire to have thicker presence, closer relationship with God. What caused John to have that privilege and honor? Two words. Humility and love. James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Imagine with me, a man leaning the head on the chest of the master. You think he would be criticized? This guy is crazy. A man put the head on the chest of another man. Was he concerned of people's criticism? He did not care. He loved the master so much. He humbled himself to be criticized by people that he was willing to lay his head on the chest of the master. Some of us may have a lot of dignity. I'm not going to go greet the pastor. I'm a great guy here. I'm not going to hug him. You may think that you're so great. Pride. No grace. But you you humble. Can I learn from you? Can I help you? Can I serve you? Can I carry the luggage? Can I carry the briefcase for you? You humble yourself to serve the anointed. Then God gives you more grace. You want to be around. You want to get closer to the anointed, to the presence of God. Then you have more grace. You humble yourself to serve, to sweep the floor, to do anything. That's what John did. John was so humble. John was so loving. So the first reason to block the grace of God in your life is pride. The second one is fear. Pride causes you to be stiff up. Causes you to be cold and withdrawing yourself from people. If you're humble, you get close to God. Get close to people. But when you're prideful, I know more than you now. I know that subject better than you. I don't need you anymore. I can move on with my life now. That is pride. Humility. You get closer relationship. Fear causes people not to get closer to God and to the anointed people of God. Look at the Bible say, 1 John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Humility and love is the key to grace. When you love, The love will cast out all fear. Why the other 11 apostles ran away. They were so fearful of being arrested. They knew that all these people would recognize them because they walked with Jesus for three years. They were concerned that they would be arrested and crucified as well. They ran away in fear. Actually, the Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 19. For fear of the Jews, the disciple locked up that room together. They locked the door. They're so fearful of the Jews to come and arrest them. They're so full of fear. Only one apostle, his name is John, who humbled himself to lay his head on the chest of the master, who loved the master enough, and that love cast out his fear to stand at the gate, at the house of the high priest, who was standing at the foot of the cross. Standing there, and he knew, he realized that all these people recognized him. He was one of the apostles, close disciple, But he was not fearful, because he loved the master enough to get rid of the fear. And because of this attitude, humility, a love, no fear, faithfulness, a loyalty. This man got the higher grace than any other apostle. And did you know history? All the apostles were killed, were persecuted and killed. This man only, even though the Jews and the Roman Empire tried to chase after him, he was not killed. Listen carefully. Not only that he was not killed, the shield of grace protected him. He was exiled to be in an island. And in the end of his life, when he got old, he got the vision and wrote the whole book of Revelation. Wow. What I learned here is that if you have more grace, if you love God with all your heart, you humble yourself, you are not afraid of being undignified before people. God give you grace. God can put you in the environment and the situation that nobody else will see and experience like you. And you will be used by God even when you old age. And He's going to give you more and more. You're going to be used of God. More and more as you get older like John. Protection will be upon your life. When I prepare this sermon... I know Jesus is not on this earth anymore. But make me think about when I got touched by the fire of God. And the presence of God has wrapped all over me. I feel that I put my head on the chest of Jesus. Oh, I was laughing and crying and drunk in the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, I want that back again. I want that experience of intimacy with your spirit. With the spirit of Jesus Christ. I want to put my head on the chest of Jesus Christ. I want to be like John. I want to love you with all my heart. I'm not being afraid of being killed and persecuted. I'm going to love you. I'm going to humble myself before you. I don't care what other people think about me. This is crazy surgeon lying on the floor, laughing and crying in the spirit. I don't care what you think about me. I just want to be wrapped, to be embraced. By the hand, by the presence of God. I want to be close to God. I love the presence of God so much. I want that grace like John. I want to be like John in this generation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I pray, Lord, that this teaching will really wake people up. To see the character of people whom you gave so much grace upon their life. Like Daniel, Joseph, King David. And today we learn about John, the favorite disciple. Lord, we want to be like that. We want to humble ourselves. We don't care what people think. We just banana for God. Love God. We even love God more than Seahawk. Lord, we want to humble ourselves. We want to be faithful to you and to the leader that you call to lead us to our spiritual father to the end of our life. We want to be around the anointing, the inner circle instead of running away out of pride, Out of lack of love, we want to be loving. We love you more, Lord. We love to be wrapped around, to be closer to the presence of God, to the glory of the Lord. Yes, Lord. Help our members in this church to have that hunger and desire like John. Jesus, you are not here on earth now, but we can be wrapped around in the presence of your glory, Lord. We love the fire. We love the presence of God. We will not be ashamed of you, Lord. We want your grace, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How many people say, I want to be like John. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Oh
0: the glory. glory. Let's stand up. Of your, your presence.
1: the hungry heart that this church will be like John 2,000 years ago that we can enter into your presence embraced by your glory all the days of our life we will Lord have a closer and closer relationship with you Lord stay in your presence, abide in your presence. We are willing to put our head on the chest of Jesus Christ. We will not run away when we face difficulties or persecution, but we're going to stay faithful, loyal to you. Give more grace to us, Lord. Greater grace than ever before. Remind us every time when we become prideful, when we lost our first love for you, Lord, or we begin to think about being unfaithful and unloyal to you, remind us to be humble, to be faithful, and to love you like John the Apostle. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless all of you.
0: We trust that this message is ministered to you.